0: your Bible to three different places so I'm going to say them slowly to help you turn to them and write them down so number one turn to numbers chapter 11 and verse 5 so Old Testament numbers chapter 11 and verse 5 then I want you to go to Psalms chapter 78 and verse 24 Psalms 78, it's the middle of your Bible, and verse 24. And then the last scripture that I want you to turn to is Joshua chapter 5 and verse 12. Joshua chapter 5 and verse 12. 12 as you're doing that i want to greet everybody who's streaming online we have people now who are creating home churches in palm springs all the way to places in florida to mojave here in arizona and it's great to have you with us tonight come on can you give them a hand all of our people streaming tonight and then for all of you sinners who live in flagstaff and you're not here right now no i'm just kidding love you guys praying for you god's got a great word for you tonight but I want you to turn to these. I'm going to read each scripture as we do. And as custom for us. I want we're going to read each scripture, pray, and then we're going to extract the truth that God has for us tonight. Are you ready? Numbers chapter 11 and verse 5. It says, we remember the fish we ate freely in Egypt. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, on the onions and the garlic. Got any onion garlic fans out there? Just breathe for me. We'll know where you're at go to psalms chapter 78 and verse 24 and it says this it says he and had rained down manna everybody say manna Man. on them to eat and gave them the bread of heaven in fact verse 25 if you want to read that it says men ate angels food interesting he sent them food to the full God wanted them to fill them up. Did you know God didn't just give them a little bit? God filled them. And then go now with me to the last passage, Joshua chapter 5 and verse 12. And it says this. In fact, I'm going to read verse 11 too. I know I'm throwing this on you, media team, but verse 11 and 12. And it says, And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. I want you to hear that because they ate the produce of the land on the same day that manna stopped. And it says, then manna ceased on the day after, right after they start, they, I'm sorry, they were right after the produce, they started eating of the produce after the day of Passover. And then manna ceased the day after. They had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel had no uh, no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. So let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for today. I thank you for this Thanksgiving holiday. I pray that you lead us, guide us, and direct us. And above all else, let us be thankful for you. Let us be thankful for you sending your son to the cross. Let us be thankful for the price that you paid so that we could so freely live and, and have our life and have our being and have our way. And, Lord, we thank you, God, Lord, that you are watching us, guiding us, leading us, and directing us. And I pray for each and every person right now under the sound of my voice that we would have an incredible thanksgiving. God, Lord, that you would get rid of those stinking arguments. God, that you would get rid of any problems and issues. And we'd have a great fun time with our family and friends and loved ones. And we, would be no, and we would know, God, that you are with us and your peace is in each of our homes. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would anoint me, God, for your word and for your assignment under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let me flow with you. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. Let's jump right in. Thank you, band. Our worship team is incredible. Come on, give it up for our worship team, especially my wife. Come on, guys, help me score points up here. No, Uh, uh, but we have an incredible worship team, and I'm so thankful for them uh, because they lead us into the presence of God so we can receive. You know, worship breaks down those barriers. Worship breaks down, like, it helps us get through our flesh. It helps us get through our pride. It helps us get through our insecurities. It helps us get through our distractions, Everything that happened during the day, we're able to come in and worship's able to break and chip away at that 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 ground that's in our and able to get to our hearts a little bit closer so that we can receive a good word from God. Worship is so important and we need to. That's why it's hard. That's why some of us, the first song we start out with. You know, if that, maybe our hands on the front row and we're just kind of Bobbing our head and then by the last song, some of us are even halfway up with our hands or all the way up or clapping. And you went from a, not singing at all to whispering a little bit of that song. And, and it's beginning to, to we, we, uh, wane your, uh, weed your way into uh, the opportunity to hear what God has for you. And, and I want to talk to you tonight, as I mentioned, about the word, the, the manna, the food that God has for you tonight. The word that God has for you. Because, you know, there's a lot of things that we could consume. But you know how when your kids get a hold of the wrong thing, you're like, should you be eating that? What did you just put in your mouth? What did you just eat? And we ask them what they just ate, and we check their mouth, and we pull that crayon out of there, and that's not healthy to eat, and glue is not healthy to eat, and no, you shouldn't eat paper either. And, and we continue to, to pull out and say, hey, what are you eating? In fact, I have noticed, like maybe you have too, uh, that as I get older, I can't eat what I used to eat. Come on, how many are a little bit older? You're just willing to just say hallelujah. I I understand. I got you. I'm with you. I I thought, I've always said it like, oh, I'm getting older. Can't eat what I used to. And I just say it like a cute little phrase. But but a few days ago, (laughs) I really realized I can't eat like I used to. I really can't. I'm not 22 anymore. And I can't just eat two Big Macs and an extra fry and then a little bit of chicken nuggets and a whole large Sprite and everything be okay. Not only will I not feel good, but I will also, it, it grows. I expand. I remember when I was all the way up until I think I I couldn't gain weight till I was like 26. And then finally, all of a sudden, this scrawny little scarecrow started to gain weight. My grandmother, this is so much so, that my grandmother saw me a few years ago and she this is her first, I haven't seen her in five years grandma, I love you. And so she comes up to me and sees me for the first time in years. And she says, oh, thank God. You finally look like a man. Like, she was like, you're putting on weight, young Landon. And she has this main accent. She talks like this. And she is just thrilled because I could finally gain weight. I wasn't as enthused. I was like, hey, Grammy, I love you too. Hey, next time, let's not start with that. Um, <laughs> you change. Your, your, appet- your appetite changes. Right. Even as you get older, you, have, you, you realize that some of your taste buds, the things you didn't like when you were a kid, you like now. And things you wouldn't dare try back then, you try now. And, and, and even with kids, they can tend to still be picky. And they, they always ask, like when you put the, something new in front of them, what do they ask? What is this? <laughs> See, the first scripture that I want to show you here, back in Numbers, is this is, is this is the first meal. See, God lined out specific diets that these people were on throughout the transitions of their development into the promised land and as maturing as an individual and as a tribe and as a nation. And they started off and they had this and they said that they ate fish. Anybody like fish? I got a few fish people in here, right? My wife's not a fish fan because of the smell of fish. And the, t- and the texture, I'm here texture people, and she doesn't like fish. But anybody who eats fish, you can tell they just had fish, right? And then not only that, that, that they eat melons and cucumbers and leeks and onions and garlic. Touch your neighbor and say, your breath is okay today. See, I, I want to title this for you. I want to title this for you. This is the, the, the diet of bondage. Write that down. The diet of bondage. See, the things that you eat when before you got saved were different than what you digest now. And the appetite, so should the meal and the menu change as you mature as a believer. When you were in captivity, you digested different things. Can I get an amen right there, church? You, you had a different appetite for things. You, you listened to all the raw the, the Wrong music all the time. You listened to all the wrong stuff. You you went to all the wrong things, and you digested all the wrong stuff. You put into your spirit, into your soul, into your heart, into who you are. You put you had a you had a smelly diet. You can smell somebody who has a bad diet of bitterness, don't you? You can smell them from a long ways away. You can smell somebody who has a bad diet of unforgiveness. You can smell somebody who has a bad diet of sin. You can smell somebody like onions and garlic and fish on somebody who says, Hey, man, I think you need to change your diet. Slap your neighbor and say, You better change your diet. <laughs> you got to change your diet. You, you, this is the diet of bondage. And he says, You know what? This is, this is, they all say, But we used to eat this. And they they were whining. This was a whining statement. In fact, they also whined at another time. You want to know another time that they whined? They whined at a place called the Bitter Waters of Morah. The Bitter Waters of Mora. The Bitter Waters of Mora is not a a highly taught scripture, but it's a wonderful scripture if you understand the whole context of the written and the unwritten. Because what happens is they come to this water... And, 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 and they're in Exodus. Now they're, now they're getting out of Egypt and they're, they're finally, and now they're trying to find water and food and, and, and manna hasn't really come yet. So they're trying to figure their way out. And so they, they go up to the water and the water tastes bitter. Everybody say, it tastes bitter. It tastes bitter. They're like, oh, I don't like that. And they didn't like it, so they're like, Moses! And they're complaining like they are right now. We used to have fish and cucumbers, and it used to be gray where we lived, and I used to live in Phoenix, and it never snowed, and I was so... And they just complain, and complain, and complain, and, com- and Moses gets so crazy. One time he hits a rock, the other, this time he hits a tree. He's like, fine, shut up! And he hits this tree, shakes the whole tree, and all the sap falls into the water. So it makes it sweet. Aww. Moses is so nice, but what happened is actually It actually ended up hurting the Israelites. Let me tell you why. Because the bitter minerals and vitamins that were in that water that they didn't like the taste of now became diluted and washed away and they didn't get what they needed. And now starving in the wilderness where they needed some nutrients and vitamins, now they just got sweetener and the literal poison in their stomach wasn't healed and 20,000 people died because of a stomach virus that they had because they wanted sweet water. Water instead of bitter water let me tell you you got to change your diet the old way of eating the old things you're going to get what you need but before we get in a little bit further, I'll get too far ahead of myself we need to understand that we got to change our diet from bondage and captivity and slavery and sin you're not a sinner anymore oh no only the front row heard that y'all are like well <laughs> I mean we did yell at each other on the way here but you're, you're not a sinner anymore. You're, you're not you're not unsaved anymore. God's grace is in your life. God's spirit is in your life. God's peace is in your home. God loves you and he'll never forsake you nor leave you. You don't need to come each Sunday and each Wednesday say, Lord, I need to get give my life to you again. When you gave your life, your heart to the Lord the very first time, he said, you're mine forever. You don't need to get saved every Sunday. You're saved already. Get out of bondage. Get out of bondage. Get out of bondage. Quit eating that. Are you supposed to be eating that? What are you eating? Why are you continually going back? The Bible says, as a man returns to his sin, a dog returns to his own vomit. Don't return to that old diet of garlic and onion. Don't return to that bitter diet. Don't return to just a, don't go back. God's got something better for you. And God wants to transition you. God wants to help you go from one diet to the next because then he helps change the diet. Everybody say, change the diet. change the diet. He changes the diet and he changes it to what I would call the wilderness diet. So let's go to Psalms. Remember in Psalms, he said, we ate manna. We ate manna. Manna rained down from heaven. I was teaching a, 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 a class for, for people to join the church. And as I was teaching this class, a lot of times us Christians, we just kind of talk with our Christianese and expect everybody to know all these terms that we know in the Bible. I remember a lot of people when I talked about the book of Job, they thought it was the book of job and they thought it was a place to go find a way how to get a good job and I'm not kidding I know people who really have that and they thought that this is how I could, I'm going to get it right here but that's not it and there's other phrases and terms that we just kind of skim right over and the reason I say that is because I'm just teaching this class and I start teaching I said oh yeah God's gonna provide for you and he's gonna do just like he did with the children in the uh, of Israel in the wilderness and he threw he put manna down from heaven and blah, 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 blah. I just keep going and teach on I'm like all right does anybody have any questions And I had one question in the back, and he said, hey, I got a question. Uh, This is like, I've never been to church before. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, But uh, what is manana? And I'm like, what? (laughs) It took me a second to figure out he meant manna because he just didn't know what manna was. Manna was the sustenance from heaven, the angel's food, God calls it, that was sent from heaven to feed the children of Israel. And I call this the wilderness diet because when you're in the wilderness, while sometimes people wanna look at the wilderness as a negative experience, as a wandering experience, it's actually a proving and prepping ground for you. God is gonna prepare you. God is gonna prove you. God is gonna help grow you and mature you because he can't bring those old habits of bondage into the promised land so he's got to get not just you out of bondage but get bondage out of you and he's got to get captivity out of you he's got to get sin out of you you might have left sin you might be free but you got to go ahead and get those sinful diets and ways out of you so God sends manna from heaven and he feeds them with manna wouldn't that be awesome God feeds you from heaven. Every day it's fallen down. Every day. But normally what would happen is, it's quoted in scripture, they would walk out the first time. Could you imagine walking out of your door the first time? And you see it's, it was to be a light bluish hue. And it was kind of like, almost looked like a dough ball. It was sitting on the ground. And it's all, it's everywhere. And you walk out of your door and you're like, what, what was the first, the first thing you said? What is this? Yeah. Right? What is this? And I want you to write that down in your notes. What is this? Because this diet is a what is this diet? When you leave bondage and you show up in relationship with God, all of a sudden you start saying, what is church? What is manana? What is worship? What is praise? What is clapping my hands? I don't understand, pastor, what is tithing? I don't understand what is re- what's so important about reading my Bible? How does praying change my life? What is this? Come on, somebody say, what is this? What is this? And every believer, every person who comes into our church, it's our job to teach them what this is. It's your job as believers to sit up in the front row, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, all the way to the back and show them how this is what worship is. This is what prayer looks like. This is what living for Jesus. This is what clapping looks like. Come on, everybody, go ahead and put your hands together. This is what it is because you know what? This is what we are called to do. We're called just like moses was to say this is what god is sending us this is what the ten commandments are this is how we live for the lord isn't that what he established in the wilderness this is how you worship me this is how you put me first this is what this diet is it's called the wilderness diet and i'm teaching you what this is see some of us we don't understand we just come in with questions i remember one of the first times i taught about how women could speak in the church and i eradicated all the uh, mist missed- uh, uh, interpreted doctrines and theologies that they took a scripture and then twisted it in their own way and, and with good intent but took it their own direction and said women can't speak but that's not true and when I taught it and showed them what this is and laid it out historically theologically and laid the whole scripture out in its content all of a sudden people go oh okay well that was oh okay thank you and when I taught about what prayer is, and when we taught, because look, at you can't expect to see results of something you don't teach. Oh yeah, I'll preach right there. You can't expect, coach, right? You can't expect to see something that you don't put into practice, that you don't put into, that you don't communicate. That you don't say, this is what this is. This is how we move. This is how we the, how we operate. This is how we attend church on a regular basis. This is how we live. This is who we are. Kids, this is how we wake up in the morning and how we worship God. Even uh, the Bible says that, Mo, he told Moses, he said, when your children come to you and say, why do we put God first? He said, you will remind them that we came from the house of bondage and now we are in the house of the blessed. And you need to remind them that this is what this is. This is why we we are here. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is how we worship. This is, we need to teach people the power of why the Holy Spirit is in their life, not name them some mysterious thing wondering, what is this? We have too many people wondering, what is that? I don't get that about church. Let me, come on in here. Let us teach you. Come on church. You need to teach somebody. You need to teach somebody. What is this? And then he transitions the diet again because every transition of a diet is a transition of growth. So when God starts to change your diet, God will start to change your growth. Because God wants you, right, you go from baby food, right, to real food. And you go from real food... healthy food (laughs) and then you go from healthy food back to baby food and you just continue to change your diet because every season brings a a a transition uh, of growth a transition with condition that you have to understand that god is saying okay time to time to change the menu a little bit because i want to change your blessing But I can't change the blessing if I can't change your menu. You want to digest and eat what you've always eaten the way you've always eaten it. But you'll never grow eating the same diet. I know some fitness and bodybuilders and some wonderful people who who have to change their diet and change the way they work out. Or their muscles will get into a routine. Your body will get into a routine. And it will adjust to your diet and your workout. And there will be no more growth. You will plateau. And so you need to change. Everybody say, I'm going to change. So then it changes, and he goes to Joshua, and he says, Joshua, now, from now on, you will eat from the produce. I'm talking to Joshua right now. The produce of the land, you'll eat from it. You'll, you'll receive from it. You're not going to eat manna anymore. You're going to receive from the land. And I wanna, I'm here to tell you what you're willing to break the ground for is what you're willing to receive. Because it's only until you're willing to, He's telling Joshua, what you're willing to sow... You're gonna reap, but you gotta sow, which sowing means plowing, sowing means planting, sowing means watering, sowing means growing, and then you can reap because every mature believer is gonna go from bondage where I didn't know I was a sinner to now I'm saved, and then from saved to saying, Oh, preacher, feed me, feed me, because I'm just a new baby Christian, and manna is gonna fall down from heaven. But then there comes a point in every believer's life where it says it's time to grow up. You can't rely on Pastor Landon to feed you every Every week you gotta feed yourself. Somebody fakes feed yourself. Say, feed yourself, feed yourself. You gotta feed yourself. You gotta say, okay, we gotta get fed. We gotta feed our kids. We gotta feed myself. How how much are you feeding your marriage? How much are you sowing into your family? How much are you sowing into your workplace? You can't expect to see results in your workplace from an area you've never sown in. But when you sow, you'll reap. And he's saying, You gotta sow. You gotta break. What are you willing to break the ground for? Oh, this is just a setup for Sunday I I, I just I Sunday is coming and I, I know what the Lord is going to do but I wanted to get us ready because this is a season of Thanksgiving but I'm going to talk about breakthrough on Sunday but what you're willing to break the ground for what you're willing to really get dirty for get your own hand I'm not gonna just wait for God to drop it from heaven anymore I'm gonna get my hands dirty I'm gonna roll up my own sleeves and I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna do everything I can to make sure my family's fed to make sure my home is filled to make make sure my heart is ready because the diet's got to change. I got to eat from the land. I got to eat from the land. And the last point that I want to, the last point that I want to share, I'm going to close. The last point that I want to share with you is this. You got to look at the leaders. He used Moses to take them from bondage to the wilderness. And he used Joshua to take them from the wilderness to the promised land. And Joshua is an early depiction of Jesus. It's a beautiful picture. And he says, you know what? This is, I'm going to use strong people in your life. I, I'm always going to, This is hear me now, I'm always going to bring a strong person in your life to help transition what you used to eat to what you need to eat. Because a passive leader won't make you eat what you need, but a strong leader will make you eat what you need to eat. And so uh, just like when my mama would be like, son, you're going to eat all that's on your plate before you get up from the table. Because you're going to learn how to eat because anybody who denies their children the discipline of what they need, they deny them the blessing and promise of what's to come the growth that can come from it. And just like a church, I'm, I'm, I'm. sometimes we go to the men's retreat, and it's fun. It's loving. We have an incredible time. But there are other times, Ian, I grab them by the throat and I say, if you don't get this, I'm going to put my boot on your throat, and you're going to understand what God has for you. Quit acting like an immature teenager. You need this because you need a strong leader. Now, I'm not just calling him. This isn't for Landon. I'm saying that God's going to bring somebody in your life. It may not even be a believer. He used Rahab to help save all. He used Rahab. A prostitute. It might not even be a Christian. It might be somebody you deem unworthy. But they are going to be a strong person in your life that helps bring transition in your life. Joshua, Moses were incredibly strong leaders. And the other point that I want to point out is is this. What qualifies... Because if we're going to be looking for this, what qualifies this a leader? What qualifies? In fact, what qualifies as a strong leader? I'm going to give you this. There's a lot of principles, a lot of books. Lencioni writes books. All I mean, you could read a, a million leadership books and a leadership principles, but there's one main principle that separates leaders from followers, and I'll tell you what it is. And you're not going to. Some of you might not like this. It's results. A real leader has results. A, a real leader has results. I, I challenged Lake Havasu last Sunday when I was down there. I said, if you, if you call yourself a leader and you haven't led somebody to Jesus in, less, in, in, in more than three days, you're not a leader. Because leaders have results. Leaders have fruit. Leaders produce. Leaders will always, strong leaders will produce strong fruit. Multiple fruit. Strong leaders will always have strong results. That's why when they were picking the who's going to be the high priest tribe, right? He says, okay, everybody get a stick. All 12 tribes. Let's get 12 sticks. Break them off. Get these dead sticks. And then I want you to take them. I want you to lay them on the ark. And when you lay them there, okay, I want you to leave those dead sticks there. And then when you walk away and come back, and when you come back, whichever one of those dead sticks all of a sudden is producing... Aaron, this is when Aaron, the Aaronic priesthood came to be. He says, whenever the, the Aaron's, whenever you see that stick producing, all of a sudden, Aaron's stick started to produce. All of a sudden, Aaron's dead stick started to come to life. All of a sudden, Aaron, because leaders produce results. He's saying, this is who I choose because leaders will always be the ones that you need to produce results. And he says, come on, this is what, when, I, when you see life, when there shouldn't be success, and you see success, strong leader. When you're seeing results where there shouldn't be results, strong leader leader. When you're seeing somebody lead them through the wilderness and they're not just surviving, they're thriving, strong leader. When you see somebody entering into the promised land, when they shouldn't be conquering Jericho, strong leader. They conti- He continues to show that they're God is I'm going to prophesy over somebody. God is bringing somebody strong into your life. He's going to bring a connection into your life that will help you get to your promise, help you get to the next level, help you get into your destiny. God is going to help you get there. That's why it's so important for each one of us to know that we need, we follow a very strong leader who has strong results, because a lot of people want to say that Buddha, want to say Muhammad, want to say want to say all these other names of all these other people, and that's why God says, "Fine, kill them all, kill them all." That's what God said, "Kill them all, let them all die, bury them in the tomb." And after we, we see what comes to life, after we see if any of them get back up, when none of them get back up but one, on the third day, he rose again. And all of a sudden, when, when life shouldn't be, when success shouldn't happen, when revival shouldn't happen, Jesus comes bursting from the tomb and says, I am alive. I am the king. I am the king. I am the one true God. He says, that's the one right there. Come on, Bridge Church, are you with me tonight? God is saying, we got to worship the one true King of kings and Lord of lords. His name is Jesus. And the next person, the the strong leader, more than anybody in your life, is Jesus, who's going to help lead you into another dimension of growth, another dimension, another menu, another meal. How many are tired of going to church in and out every week and getting the same food and never feeling like anything changed? And you've been on the same diet for so long, and yet nothing has happened. God is saying time to change, time to have strong leadership, time to have somebody who says This is, we're going to produce life where there shouldn't be life because I'm the one true king of kings. I'm the one true Lord, and they put me in a tomb. They thought I was dead, but I'm alive, and I came bursting out of that tomb. Come on, give God some praise and shout a good amen.